Welcome to Onside, the official podcast from the Australian Sports Anti-Doping Authority. Our mission is to protect the health of athletes and the integrity of Australian sport. Hello, I'm Tim Gavel. Welcome to Onside. We'll meet people who work at ASADA and people associated with clean, fair sport. And today we've been joined by ASADA's Deputy CEO, Darren Mullally. There's been plenty written about ASADA's confidentiality undertakings with sports when it comes to anti-doping and a positive test. In some cases, sports have sought clarification. And Darren joins us today on Onside. Hello, Darren. Hi, Tim. How are you? Uh, Well, thanks. Uh, Darren, you've moved to clarify these undertakings with sports. Yeah, we have, Tim. Uh, Anti-doping rules globally and in Australia are quite complicated uh, and pretty complex. So we welcome the opportunity to put more information out into the public or to sports surrounding our our processes and, and what we do here at ASADA. So given the complexities around and the media reporting around confidentiality undertakings and agreements that ASADA have with sports, we thought it was important to, to come out and, and put some of that information out into the public. Well, in the first instance, who decides whether to publicly disclose mandatory provisional suspensions? Who can speak? So under the World Anti-Doping Code, Tim, that sets out the rules as to how different matters are handled. Um, the anti-doping organisation with results management responsibility. So in other words, the organisation that's running the case uh, is the body that has the power under the world rules to be able to come out and announce a a provisional suspension or or to make publication decisions. So in a situation where ASADA is running the case, ASADA may have collected uh, a sample from an athlete and it's gone positive, it's ASADA who's the organisation that has the ultimate decision as to whether or not to publish a provisional suspension. It is also up to the athlete to come out before a sport or even a SADA in, in some cases. Yeah, there's nothing in the World Anti-Doping Code or uh, Australia's anti-doping legislation which enables a SADA to restrict what athletes do in terms of publishing information relating to their case. So athletes are able to inform anybody or talk to anyone uh, about their matter. The restrictions operate in the other direction in the sense that they restrict uh, ASADA and sports in terms of what we're able to say about an individual's case. Can sports in some special cases seek permission from ASADA uh, to, to speak about it? Yeah, that's right. So the confidentiality undertakings uh, don't restrict um, sports in all cases. There, there's sufficient flexibility uh, built into those arrangements where ASADA can talk with sports and make decisions on a case-by-case basis because as we know, I think I've been you know, looking at these anti-doping cases for almost 13 years and every single one of them is different. So we need the flexibility in those arrangements to be able to take into account things like an athlete's welfare, which is going to vary from case to case, from sport to sport, from event to event, uh, and other considerations like uh, the operational advantage that ASADA gets in terms of exercising its powers and conducting an investigation and a range of operational considerations that sit around that. And Darren, the well-being of the athlete is paramount here. Uh, for instance, if an athlete is overseas, away from their support network when that positive test comes through. Yeah, that's that's right, Tim. Sometimes um, the athlete's welfare and their well-being is absolutely going to take precedence over um, discretionary decisions as to whether we whether we publish. First and foremost, we've got to make sure that uh, the athletes are okay and that they've got an appropriate support network around themselves. Because let's face it. 
uh, getting a phone call from ASADA to let you know that we're conducting an investigation or that you've tested positive, um, that brings the athlete's world completely crashing down. And, you know, we've got to be conscious of how we do things uh, and not just follow a, a black and white rule book. Um, and so we certainly put the, the athlete's welfare and, and interests, you know, first and foremost in our minds when we make decisions around that process. Where do the restrictions come from in terms of who can speak and who can't speak? Yeah, that's a really good question, Tim. The restrictions come from a variety of places. It's really the interaction uh, with the World Anti-Doping Code and ASADA's legislation. Um, That's the Australian Sports Anti-Doping Authority Act and regulations and something called the National Anti-Doping Scheme. The National Anti-Doping Scheme has got provisions for the ASADA CEO in certain circumstances, must have legally binding agreements with sports before we can actually share information with those sports. I guess you can understand from a journalist's point of view, they ring up, they want information straight away, but under legislation and legally, ASADA is prohibited from releasing anything about its its operations, especially when something like this happens. Yeah, it's, I understand the frustration of the media and of the general public. Um, most people are interested in sport. And of course, uh, these issues are, are very, very topical um, there's a thirst for information, but first and foremost, ASADA's got to focus on um, following its processes, following its rules, so that we don't do anything that's going to jeopardise that case or jeopardise the rights of the athletes. Uh, there's a lot of rules be- built into the World Anti-Doping Code uh, around athletes' rights, in particular the right to have a, a fair hearing and for their hearing not to be prejudiced by anything that we say or do. So that also factors into our decision-making. When somebody tests positive and the A and B sample come back, from that moment it can take a a fair while before anything actually happens in terms of suspensions, mandatory suspensions, um, provisional suspensions. It it can take a while. Yeah, Tim, that's right. Any doping matters can take what seems like a long time to finalise, but every matter is different and there's no set time frame for actually doing things. Athletes are provided with a lot of opportunities to respond to our process along the way, and those processes take time. We also generally provide extensions of time to athletes to allow them to compile information and respond to our inquiries. Um, So while it does take time, we're following our processes closely and we make sure that we do our job properly. One thing, I guess, from a journalist's point of view, and I've heard this time and time again, is why is there a difference between some sports and other sports? We see some sports being allowed to um, virtually name on a, upon receival of the B sample, they announce that such and such is tested positive, whereas other sports can't do it. I, I just wonder why there is that difference. Yeah, there's a few, there's a few reasons why uh, organisations make, make different decisions in that area. First and foremost, you know, we come back to the, the world rules again that everyone follow. Uh, the decision to publish provisional suspension information is a discretion. So it's not it's not a, a mandatory every organisation must publish that information. Um, all of the organisations around the world have a variety of different powers. Uh, ASADA is very, very unique in the sense that we've got quite comprehensive coercive powers built into our legislation that Um, not many other organisations around the world, whether they're international federations or other national anti-doping organisations have. Um, You know, that's the power to require individuals to produce documents or things. 
which can be vital in an investigation to getting to the truth and getting to the bottom of what's actually happened. Uh, at the start of an investigation, we don't know what we're dealing with. We don't know who else is involved. Um, so that gives us the opportunity to actually focus not just on the athletes who might be the people that are caught up in an anti-doping mess, uh, but actually go after people like the facilitators who have, who have caused that issue and, and shut them down and protect other athletes from having the same thing happen to them. So it might be different in England or Europe or America? Yeah, every, every, ASADA's got very different powers to a lot of other organisations and, and that's one of the reasons why we take into account what's happening operationally with our investigation to make sure that, you know, sometimes it's, it's, it's beneficial to be able to commence your investigation uh, outside of the spotlight of, of public commentary where facilitators and people that might be involved in a broader doping conspiracy essentially get tipped off by the public commentary as to where ASADA might be coming or, or what we're doing in terms of that investigation. So it's not always in our interest to actually publish that information. And because we've got those unique powers, that's why we make the decisions that we do. International bodies, say, you know, you're looking at major international events overseas involving Australian athletes, do they then have the power to release the names of athletes who test positive while they're under their jurisdiction overseas? Is that the way that it works? Yeah, so the the organisation that makes the decision is the the anti-doping organisation who's who's running the case or, or what the rules refer to as handling results management. So, for example, if you've got an international sporting federation conducting an event in, say, Switzerland, um, it, it'll be the body that, you know, collects the test and gets the result in Switzerland and who handles that case that makes the ultimate decision and has regulation as to whether or not they publish uh, the details of a provisional suspension. And Darren, just as a final question, is it a hard and fast rule in Australian sport? If, an, if a sport in Australia has an athlete who tests positive, is it a hard and fast rule that they can't say anything? Under the terms of the confidentiality undertakings, they, they can't say anything uh, unless, uh, in essence, they get permission from ASADA to do so. So ASADA is still the decision-making body that, that makes that call. Uh, we recognise that there's going to be unique circumstances. Our, our starting position uh, is to keep the information confidential so that ASADA is able to conduct our investigations and, and take care of what we have to take care of. But we're alive to the fact that every case is different and in some circumstances um, there might be you know no reason uh, to keep the information confidential and we can allow a sport to, to comment. And Darren, it's hard to keep uh, things private these days in this social media environment in which we live. And uh, athletes, I guess, are going to tell people, aren't they? Yeah, that's right, Tim. Um, sometimes it's it's to do with the athlete's own well-being in terms of, you know, needing to talk to people. Uh, it's a pretty significant um, situation that they find themselves in. It's foreign. Um, you can understand that athletes are going to talk to family, talk to friends, talk to, you know, their support network in relation to things. And quite often that information then gets released in, into a, a public environment and is subject to public commentary. But uh, from ASADA's perspective, the fact that quite often information does come out doesn't mean that, um, you know, we don't follow our processes or try and keep that information confidential for as long as possible to enable us to, to do what we have to do. Thank you, Darren. Thanks for joining us on Onside. Thanks very much, Tim. ASADA's Deputy CEO, Darren Mullally, and we'll be back with Onside in just a moment. This is Onside, the official podcast of ASADA. Time now for So I Was Wondering. 
the segment that addresses questions that have been raised by the public. This question is, I'm on the registered testing pool. Can I be tested outside of my designated hour? Here's Lindell Larkham from the Asada Media team. Yes, you can. An athlete on the RTP must specify one hour every day between 5am and 11pm when they will be available for testing. The athlete must submit in Adams where they will be for this hour and make sure that they are at the specified location for the full duration of their nominated hour. The nomination of this 60 minutes testing window does not limit in any way the athlete's obligation to submit to testing at any time and place upon request of an anti-doping organisation. Athletes must also specify their regular training schedule, including overnight location details for where they will be staying each night of the quarter, location and time details for where they will be training, working or doing other regular activities scheduled during that quarter, location details for any events they are competing in during the quarter and travel details, including flight number, accommodation and contact details. Time now for a fast fact. ASADA's education program is not confined to elite level athletes. Although a large part of ASADA's remit is to educate athletes who are likely to be tested to truly protect the integrity of Australian sport, ASADA education reaches all levels of sports and schools, as well as support personnel, parents and students. You too can organise an education session by emailing education at asada.gov.au. You've been listening to Onside, the official podcast of the Australian Sports Anti-Doping Authority. Send in your podcast questions or suggestions to executiveoffice at asada.gov.au. For more information about clean, fair sport, visit our website, asada.gov.au, or check out our clean sport app.